This is an absolute Jackson Pollock. There's paint splattered everywhere, but someone's going to offer to pay $35 million for this. Let's go back and try it again and be serious. Okay. How are you, Kevin? How are you doing? I'm fine. Thank you, Conan. Yeah. You know, um, I've, you want me to ask you that question, don't you? Which question? <laughs> the one, how are you? No, because no. you asked me that. Oh, I know God. you want to hear Why it back. Why did you do that right away? the rails. You couldn't. Immediately. Now you, you did that. How are you? You did that. No, I haven't. I, I did not do it. You're, um... There's nothing I've done to see if there's anything here that I can ask you, <laughs> but I, it's all a waste of time. You're I have through notes. I just looked at him once. No, because you. there's no point with him. The funniest part of my day today is when Maddie handed me notes for Kevin Nealon, and I thought notes for Kevin Nealon. That's like, oh, here's uh, here's some simple questions that you could ask Charles Manson, and he'd be like, he bop doody doc, I'll get you, man, with the Sasquatch on the half shell. Yeah, so anyway, you were born in Minnesota. Keep it a bop, 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 shiv it a boo. I'm coming at you, knife style. So that's what I'm dealing with. I'm dealing with a total, you are random ionized uh, molecule zipping around. I don't know what to do. Let me with give you. you two dates October 25. October 25. October 25 would be the release of the book. Yeah, what's the book called? It's called I Exaggerate My Brushes with Fame. Yeah, hardcover. Uh, Available everywhere. Yes. You could pre-order it now, as a matter of fact. Why wouldn't? And, and there's then, also signed editions. Go ahead. I've got a free one. Uh, when was the Hiking Show premiere? October 27th, 2022. You wow. get to see um, amateur drone shots of uh, Conan O'Brien and Kevin Nealon taken from, I think, 35,000 feet. <laughs> so if you can spot us, <laughs> God bless you. And if you stick around, the, the drone crashes because it's operated by the star of the show. Which is absurd. I don't know why you don't have someone helping you. Why don't you have someone helping you? I, I say the same thing about you. Why don't you have some help? Ask for help. <laughs> you need help. I am surrounded by help. And now... Out Comes the Sun with Mariel Hemingway and Melissa Yamaguchi. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Out Comes the Sun podcast with my partner, Melissa Yamaguchi, and I'm Mariel Hemingway. And today we have a very special guest because he's a friend and uh, I love him and he has great stories. And I actually had the great privilege of being on his Hiking with Kevin show, which which he does all on his own. It's amazing. I mean, literally, your show is so great. He, 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 takes, he takes mostly bigger celebrities than me out on hikes. <laughs> he takes them out on hikes and, you know, they have great conversations. The, I think the latest one was with Conan O'Brien. It's hilarious. Anyway, he is a, a great comedian. He's also a great human being, which, uh, you know, for me is really utmost of importance because this show is about mental health and and kevin i i'm i i will say more about you but but the reason why i reached out to you is you posted something on easter that i thought was just so touching i mean there was there was some humor to it but but what was so great about it 
is can I and I'm just going to read it. So uh, sure. before you you get to hear from Kevin. Uh, so this was his post on on Easter. But you, on you have to kind of show the picture, too, because it refers to the picture. Well, it's true. This yeah. does, yes. OK, well, yes. It absolutely does. Well, we will do that. In the edit, we will show a picture of uh, the Instagram okay. post. Okay. So <laughs> get the shirt. Uh, get the shirt. Because it, so if you're just listening, the post is it's a picture of a sweaty shirt, but the the visual of it is like this image of Christ on the cross. It's it's profound. It's actually profound. Anyway, so uh yeah, there it is. There we go. Now we're we're, we're trouncing. I mean, it's kind of extraordinary. So your post says on September 12, 2003, I was going through a very dark period in my life. It was honestly my lowest point. I struggled through what I thought would be my last workout. Shortly thereafter, at home, I slid even further into a dark crevasse of despair. I stared at my sad and broken self in the mirror. Suddenly, out of nowhere, I felt this beautiful light of encouragement wash over me. I didn't believe it at first, but when I looked closer, I realized that, yes, it was the image of my trainer demonstrating the lap, mach lap machine wide grip pull down. I haven't missed a workout since. Happy Easter. Well, that really looks a bit more uh, Christ-like than it does like a lap machine. But but I love the humor and I also love the the message behind this is that you know, I mean, we all come up uh, up against these dark and difficult times in our lives. And I think that you shared it in such a kind of non-egotistical way, but a really profound way to, to kind of really remind us all that we're all in this together. And I, I would love for you, Kevin, uh, and welcome, first of all, <laughs> welcome Thank to our you. show. <laughs> and you. I would love for you to talk a little bit about that in that time in your life? Um, well, you know, it wasn't specifically a time in my life. It was more of a setup for that little joke in there. But certainly I've, I've gone through times like that where um, I, um, you know, was kind of in the darkness and um, was looking for ways out of that. And, you know, and, and it's it's not anything in my life where I was falling deeper into the crevasse of darkness but you know it was um losing a hope and uh hope in my dreams and and hope in um just my um my life and things like that and well the reason why i ask is because you know so often with comedians you know they're the you know you're on all the time you're super funny you're this you're that you know you're on you're you're up on stage and then in real life, I mean, Robin Williams comes to mind. I think, I think you know him. I did. I, I, I had met him a couple times in my life, but you know, his his story is so kind of deeply touching, and and also really, um, in a way, because I think there's this there's this thing that happens with a lot. I mean, my I, I think of my grandfather for instance, you know, creatives, people that are, their brains are working all the time. There seems to be this, you know, the dark night of the soul often comes over people that are extremely funny, deeply creative, and their minds work really, really fast. So right. I ex expect you to step up right now. 
can become <laughs> an incredibly genius person, which yeah. you already are. Thank you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's true what you say about comedians. I think there is a lot of darkness in a lot of comedians. Um, they come from broken homes or um, lives that weren't very desirable. And that comedy is an outlet for, for uh, their stand-up and expressing themselves. For me, I, you know, I came from a great family, good, um, great parents and good situation. You know, I wasn't a wealthy family, but it was upper middle class. But, and that's not to say that a wealthy person or someone in middle class or whatever can't be down or be depressed or fall into that darkness. And I met, uh, I knew Robin Williams for maybe 40 years. He, you know, I was a bartender at the improv for a couple of years and I did stand up there and he was in there all the time and he was always on, you know, he was always that frenetic kind of running around and, you know, he just, just loved making people laugh. So, um, yeah. So, um, obviously he had his demons too. And I don't know if that was, um, a chemical situation in his mind or, um whatever whatever it was but you know right unfortunately he wasn't as happy as we all thought he would be yeah well and i think that comes i think that happens a lot with not just comedians but i think creatives and i think there's some there's something about being in that kind of limelight when you get the all of that attention that i mean i know for my grandfather he didn't believe that I don't know this far back because I was not born yet. But my gut tells me that there was kind of a superstition around the kind of life that he was leading. You know, the the uh, the amount of drinking and living a, a high life, you know, like being on all the time. And I think there was a superstition about that feeding his creativity. You know what I mean? Um, so... I think that happens with comedians a lot. Uh, you know, you you are a unique person in the sense that your comedy is fantastic and it's so warm. Uh, you're not you don't go after people. You go after yourself. You're very self-deprecating, you know, right? But yeah. you never point fingers. You're very much you're just a I don't know. I I love I love you for that. I love the fact that oh, you're you. you're just you know you're not out to get somebody right at, at the expense of a you know just just for a joke. And, right. and I don't know. I, I I just deeply appreciate that. I don't know. It just you. it's kind. It's a kind-hearted thing. And yeah. I, you know, I think we live in a world that is so cynical and sometimes dark. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't have that um, that nature to go after people in my act, although a lot of comedians now, the venters like to go after people. But for me, it's always for me, I've gotten laughter out of turning it around to me, um, kind of not being the most bright person, you know, and that's how I construct <laughs> my jokes. Um, so, um, yeah, or whatever the situation is, it's kind of lighthearted. And I'm constantly going through different phases of my stand-up. I've never really went after anybody, but it's it's kind of been evolving over the years and it's getting it's getting darker. It's my observations are getting darker. Are they? They are. It's you know, it's more about um um the time we have here on the planet and um 
uh, my miscalculations about things, you know, <laughs> like that. Right. Right. No, I get it. I mean, that's awesome. Do you think that your caricatures influence your comedy now? Do you feel more connected when you're painting, when you're doing your, by the way, your caricatures are so awesome. Like, I love them. No, they're extraordinary. This book, you know, I just want to do a, a, you know, a shout out. You people, you've got to check out his book. I, I exaggerate my brushes with what? My with brushes, fame. yeah, fame. yeah. It's a lot of the, it's a lot of celebrities that I've done caricatures of. A lot of them were my friends, and I talk about the experiences that I had with each person. And um, there's some really good stories. Robin's in there, and um, I mean, I, I could go on and on. There's just a lot of people in there, and uh, it was just a real um, work of love for me. I just, it was hard work. I did a lot of them during the pandemic, and um, finally put it together and. Uh, and it does, it, it's kind of interesting because during the pandemic, no one could work, including comedians. So I never really took off more than a week in my life of doing stand-up comedy when I, since I first started. So this was a real kind of a void for me. And I found that doing caricatures and posting them on Instagram was like a nonverbal form of comedy because there were pictures that made people laugh. And yeah. that was satisfying for me for the time being. That's amazing. I want to ask you. I want to. I read something. That Melissa, you, you stay out of this. <laughs> <laughs> I've, my tongue's almost gone. I've been chewing on it so long. I, <laughs> I I read one time that you had said that when you were eight, a gentleman had done a, a drawing on a napkin, uh, a caricature of someone with a hat and a large nose or something, and that that really struck you. And so you practiced that over and over again at such a young age. When did you start diving into it? More seriously, was it COVID? Because that's you. So you've been doing, you've been drawing for a long time then. Well, most it's been a very gradual evolution for me because I did find that napkin that I emulated and, I, and that, that really um, sparked me in a way. And then I started drawing other things over a period of time. And then I started sketching people and then I started making them look funny. But it was never really focused like I'm doing now. It was just quick little scribbles, you know, just a pen on a white paper. And then I got more into it. I remember had uh, caricatures uh, um, framed of my parents hanging in my bedroom over the uh, dresser. And every night I lie down and then they were in my field of vision. So I'd see them and I was subconsciously studying those. And they were from a great impressionist from, uh, from Paris. And so they weren't like the, you know, the kinds you see at the fairs and stuff. So I, you know, I watched that for a while. And then I started um, in the, on SNL when we were doing the table reads, which is when we're reading through the sketches that were being considered for the upcoming show. I would sketch the other cast members across from me if I wasn't in a sketch in the margins of the paper. And, and, and it just started going like that. And then in the clubs, I would sketch comedians that were on stage. And then ultimately, I started this whole process of colorizing them and being more specific because I, I, I watched a lot of artists on Instagram, illustrators, and I like their work. And, and I just started emulating that style. And some of the great artists are, have, have, you know, done a shout out to you, how great your work is, which is really must be, must feel really good to have them. Well, yeah. I mean, I never thought I'd hear from uh, Leonardo da Vinci, but he said, <laughs> <laughs> <Monet>. <laughs> yeah, no, that yes. is a great feeling. 
It's a great feeling. Um, one of them, uh, I mean, he's a friend of mine now, but he's a friend who wants to do stand-up. And I want to be an artist. And he's one of the best illustrators in, in America. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and he was giving me a lot of hints and tips about sketching and drawing my drawings because he did great ones. And then he wanted to get into stand-up. So I'm giving him tips on stand-up. So right. it was really interesting. It was that, you know, that, that whole... Um, you know, duo kind of a interest, passion thing. And I'm feeling sorry for him because he's got to start off from the beginning as a stand-up. And he's probably feeling <laughs> sorry for me because I'm starting <laughs> off as an artist. No, I think you're, uh, uh, this book is, is, is fantastic. And, and if people haven't looked at your Instagram, it's wonderful because you can go through like all of the, your, your posts on the different caricatures. It, it's amazing. And then yeah. you'll go on a hike in the middle. With somebody, <laughs> right. which is awesome which is right. also awesome i yeah. thought you took somebody on my hike a couple of weeks ago then i realized no it was not my hike no but that's I, a, that's a great hike though that trail that was that was fun it was amazing so what what kevin does is he he has a drone and you run everything yourself i feel sort of like i'm cheating because here we are in a room and it's all you know blah 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 <laughs> But you're great. Like you go on a hike with you and you're, you just, you film the whole thing. He gets the drone going. I remember my dog almost, attacked, I think they did attack the drone actually. Your dog got anyway. the drone. Yeah. And I <laughs> used that in the, the hike. I put that in the hike. Yeah. It was so funny. I know. Well, that hike good. was great because at the end of it, there was this old foundation with all kinds of graffiti on the top. And I think you go there often to do yoga or, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Well, I left, as you know, I left, uh, Bobby and I left uh, California to go to Idaho for, you know, when it got all crazy here. And uh, we've come back. Now we're in Venice. It's a very interesting place. Which oh. is so good because Venice isn't crazy at all. Oh, God, no. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> oh, what was I, th what were you thinking? <laughs> anyway. Anyway, it's interesting. Especially in the middle of the night on the weekend. What? Yeah, I love Venice. I love Venice. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, it's good. So, Melissa, I know that you have questions. You're she's well, very polite. She never interrupts <laughs> me. I interrupt her all the time. I, as you can yeah, see, I, it's 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 the it's the Oklahoma girl in me. I just kind of wait back. But I, I knowing that you're a comedian and knowing that you you you've got art. These are two different modalities for expression. And one of the things that Marilyn and I've talked about with the Marilyn Hemingway Foundation for Mental Health is the therapeutic benefit of art and how it's it's so valuable in treating depression or PTSD and some phobias, which seems highly selective. I'm not sure why only some phobias are addressed with art therapy, but they we knowing that there's that the the art and the expression. I like how you said earlier, it's a it's a nonverbal form of comedy, your art. I recently read um, in kind of researching art and and comedy as a as a form of therapy, and I came across this article in L.A. Uh, that the at the Laugh Factory in Hollywood uh, brought on a therapist, a psychologist, excuse me, for their comedians because they were finding so much trouble with the depression and and may perhaps chemical use, but they brought a psychologist in, and now a lot of other laugh factories or comedy stores are starting to bring in more therapists and more help. And I know that this isn't something that has plagued you. You did talk about different moments in your life, but what are your, have you experienced, have you been to any store or 
factory that has had a psychologist on board for that that you've been aware of? Before you ask, Kevin, sorry, I'm going to interrupt you. Hold that thought because we have to go to a little commercial break. So we'll come back to what you were thinking. Uh, Kevin, Neelan's new book is out. It's called I Exaggerate My Brushes with Fame. It is a collection of Kevin's character paintings of celebrities. Each one is accompanied by an antidote about his experience or relationship with them. Quite fun and wonderful. I Exaggerate My Brushes with Fame is published by Abrams and is available wherever books are sold. Go to kevinneelan.com slash book. I noticed that uh, realtors are a little duplicitous when it comes to trying to sell you a house or get you excited about it. Mm -hmm. Here's what they do. You know, after they're almost finished showing the house, they go, you know, we're not supposed to say this, but um, two blocks down, Julia Roberts lives. But I'm not supposed to say anything about that. You know, as if yeah. you'd be happy being in that same right. neighborhood sure. with a yeah. celebrity. They're not really you supposed to I mean? say that, but they, yeah. they, they yeah. let that stuff stay. Yeah. <clears throat> Sometimes they take it too far, you know. We're not supposed to say this, but Joe Pesci lives in the room upstairs. <laughs> He very rarely comes out. <laughs> Hi, it's Kevin Nealon. I have a new book out now called I Exaggerate My Brushes with Fame. It's a collection of my caricatures and accompanying anecdotes. Also, if that's not enough for you, I have a little hiking show on YouTube. It's a web series. It's called Hiking with Kevin. But more importantly, right now, you're listening and watching Out Comes the Sun with Muriel Hemingway and Melissa Yamaguchi. Enjoy. I came into my son's bedroom the other night and he looked, uh, he looked really sad. I said, what's the matter, buddy? Because I don't know his name. I'm never home. <laughs> he said, well, I was just thinking, I'm 10 now and you're 63. When I'm 20, you're gonna be 73. When I'm 30, you're gonna be 83. He said, you're not gonna be around for a lot of my life, are you? I said, I'm gonna be around for a long time. He goes, no, dad. I'm, uh, apparently he doesn't know my name either. Yeah. Dad, this is dad stuff. He said, I'm serious, there's kids in my class in fifth grade. I said, you're in fifth grade? He goes, yeah, the, the par- their parents are like in their 30s, their early 30s. I said, that doesn't mean anything. There's no guarantee. Doesn't mean a thing. Well, you know, who, who says they're not going to die in a fiery car crash tomorrow? You know, or a murder-suicide? You don't know. And who says you're going to outlive me? You don't know that. I mean, who's to say a murdering clown's not going to come in your bedroom tonight and smother you with a balloon animal? You don't, you don't know that. You could die in a dentist chair. That's happened before. Anyway... I kissed him on the forehead. I said, you get a good night's sleep. We'll talk about that. <laughs> That's the kind of father I am. Welcome back to Outcomes of Sun podcast. I'm Mariel Hemingway with my partner, Melissa Yamaguchi, and we have a wonderful guest, Kevin Nealon. And I want to give you back to Melissa's question. Uh, yeah. 
So you can you can start yeah. there. Okay. <laughs> I, I've never seen another comedy club that had uh, a psychologist or a, a psychiatrist there to deal with the comics. I think it's a great idea. I don't know if that person is still there. I haven't gone to that club in a while, but I thought that was a great idea. This was this is this kind of came after a period when several comedians had uh, committed suicide, and like a lot of people, you don't even know that they're in that in that dark place, and when uh, you find out too late. So I think it's good to have somebody to go to for them. And uh, as far as uh, any other clubs having a psychologist there. They probably do, but they're trying comedy on stage. They want to be, a, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but you know, you talk about art being therapeutic and 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 helping uh, people. I totally think that's true. If you're, especially if you're drawing it, I think if you're drawing it. For me, I had a, a severe case of claustrophobia for a while, for a couple of years, and I was living in New York and doing Saturday Night Live at the time. So it was really really difficult for me like going through the tunnels to get to the airport uh, i would have to put a blanket over my head and listen to uh, my walkman at the time <laughs> this is back in the 1900s you know <laughs> and uh and whatever it was getting on an elevator but i found that if i was stuck on the tarmac in a plane it was delayed i would simply take out my sketch pad and a pencil and i would start sketching I would totally get away from all of that stuff on a bit be drawn to that picture. And before we knew it, we were up in the air. And uh, to this day, I sketched other airplane passengers next to me on the plane. That's awesome. I, I've seen some I of them. You've got 1D, the passenger from 1D or whatever it is. It's yeah, great. I put the uh, seat number where they're going. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Thanks. It's so good. But but yeah, I think people really enjoy uh, and they can kind of escape by looking at good art uh, and even bad art. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's really I think it's very ther therapeutic, as is music. What do you Absolutely. do in your life to stay optimistic, to say so positive? And because you you are known for your. Yes, you've got a gentle, self-deprecating humor and your humor with your best close friends that you've interviewed have been. Uh, very brotherly in the way you kind of jab at each other, which is always so. I have two older brothers, so I always appreciate it. Oh, yeah. but, I, but I, I wonder <laughs> because you are uplifting, and you are. I've met, I've had the fortunate, been fortunate enough to meet you in person once at Marielle's. You're very positive and kind. What do you do to stay so optimistic and hopeful? Well, I think it's all how you perceive things in life, your perception of things. It's funny how someone could be. It's not funny, but it's interesting how someone could be down and if they get a little bit of good news all of a sudden they're up or you know they notice something and they're up it's so interesting the way the moods of somebody operate i remember one time i'll never forget this i was driving on the 101 past a canyon uh, out near malibu and the sun was i don't know maybe it's positioned just in the right spot in the sky and i looked from my car down that canyon and this wave of euphoria rushed over me and I thought that, did I just look into the canyon of heaven or something? Because it was just, <laughs> and, you know, I've gone by that place again. I've never experienced it again. But that was, um, that was quite a, it's, it's again, it's kind of how you look at things and how you open yourself up to, um, to happiness. And as far as optimism, 
optimism goes. I, I even say this in my act. I said, uh, I think it's very important to be optimistic. In fact, when I see a, an adult wearing braces, I smile because I know they have hope for the future. Otherwise, why make that investment? Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> that makes me think of that older so man that Marilyn and I had heard about this 80 year old who went in to get his teeth fixed and he had some chips. And the dentist said, You're fine. Your teeth are still pretty sturdy. You're fine. You don't need those chips fixed. And he said, Why not? And she said, Well, you're older. They're chipped. He said, Well, why don't you fix my teeth as though I'm going to use them for the next 20 years? I've got. I'm going to be around. Yeah, I like that. I know. It's yeah. like I started, I started taking piano lessons a couple of years ago. And people say, why now? <laughs> <You know? laughs> why now? But why not? Right? right. Why not? I yeah. think I and you know, the funny thing is, and I think that we sh we share this. Uh, I don't know if we shared it on just one of our hikes. We were trying to find whales or dolphins or something we didn't find it either one but the ocean was still there <laughs> no. but i think that there's a, a shared sort of common like just the view of the world is just from this positive place but also that comes from an intention and we talk a lot about on the podcast kind of waking up with intention like uh, almost almost like prayer in the morning or meditation that is focused towards like the day that you want to have and and having optimism in those intentional thoughts or it, it, it's very powerful i think it it does you know affect how your day will will unfold right i don't know right. you know well, i think it's also whatever. important to let loose and be angry and get all that out of your system as much as possible oh yeah you know, yeah. and then clear some space for that happiness. Hundred <laughs> percent. Well, I think I think if you deny that you're angry when you're angry, then it just builds up. It becomes some physical weirdness in you, and you become sick or whatever. But but I think you're absolutely correct. I think pretending like you're happy all the time is is well, that lie doesn't really pan out very well. I think you have to acknowledge how you are, but that's, a, that's the ability to be feeling in a moment, right? Yeah. And then if you address that, then you can let it go, right? I think that's the key to a healthy relationship too. If you can be honest about how you feel in, a, in, in any moment, then you can move through it. If it's a bad place, you can move through it if you're honest about it, right? You're not in denial about it. I don't know. My yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's only temporary and you'll get there if you just open yourself up to it and, you know, get through that ride. Yeah. 100%. So I have a weird, I, I have a weird question to ask you. Um, I like I'm weird questions. Well, I, it's not weird. I realize James Taylor in some kind of way, but I do too. So really actually know this about you but i idolize him too i'm like i'm just obsessed with him yeah why what is it that do, do you know him do you know james i do know him now but i didn't when i was a, first a fan i was six years younger than him so i saw him when he was about 21 and i just couldn't believe all the talent he had with the guitar playing and the finger because I played the guitar and his voice and just his persona and I saw him so many times in concert 
And I was just, anytime he came out with a new album, I would set it up, I'd play it, I'd lay down on the couch and just yeah. really absorb every song. And I know there's a lot of us out there that are really obsessively fans, obsessive fans of his. But I got to know him when he was on SNL. He was, he was the musical guest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was just, oh, I was so excited that he was there and also nervous. And when he was out by the craft service table, that's where they have the food for the, the actors, you know, the crew and stuff. He was there eating a donut. And I came over to him. I said something like, James, you got to try the, uh, the chocolate frosted uh, glaze. <laughs> he said, those are really good. You know, are they? Yeah. Okay. And we started <laughs> talking for a while. And I was asking him about chords on a certain song. I said, do you use your pinky? But that when you make that chord, he goes, oh, yeah, I knew. Yeah. I thought oh, I was afraid of that because <laughs> that's a hard chord to make. <laughs> and we just kept talking. And eventually he said to me, uh, uh, we, we should uh, we should get together sometime. You know, I, I say that a lot about people, but I, I really would like to do that. And so <laughs> oh, I said, awesome. I'm down for that. <laughs> and he gave me his phone number. And um, within about four days, you know, got to keep him waiting a little bit. You know, just jump on that. <laughs> <laughs> I called him and we, I met him for dinner and it was like a date. I was so nervous. I go up the elevator to his apartment. He's there waiting for me We get in the elevator. This is the guy I went to see in concerts when I was 16 oh, all my life. Yeah. And I was just, you know, just infatuated with it as a musician. And yeah. so we're walking down Broadway and he goes, uh, where do you, where do you want to go, go to eat? I said, anything, anything you want, James, I'm, I'm up for anything. He goes, all right, I know this nice Cuban restaurant. I'm like, oh, no, I don't like Cuban food. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me sweat. It's spicy. But I didn't say anything. I said, yeah, let's get Cuban. <laughs> and we go there and we're eating. and we're, I forget what we we're talking about. But I'm like sweating. And I'm all red. <laughs> I'm like, no kidding. Really, James? Oh, that's cool. You know, I saw you in Tanglewood once. <laughs> So we're, we're walking back to his apartment and I'm thinking, how do we end this now? It's like a date. I said, do I kiss him? Do I hug him? What do I do? <laughs> we get up to his floor and uh, he said, well, I, I, I had a nice time with you. And I said, I did too. I said, he said, you know, we, we should do this again sometime. I said, I don't think so. I don't think so. That was Cuban food. <laughs> no, it was great. So now we've become friends and, um, and I've done different projects with him. I went out to awesome. Martha Vineyard one time and I was doing oh. B-roll B for his concert that was coming up or an album, new album. And we had this little cabin there and he had one next to him because he was reworking his house, rebuilding it. And he came over with his laundry because his washer and dryer didn't work. Oh my gosh. And then he spreads out all of his index cards on the table asking uh, you know, for his next concert. He says, uh, what, what do you think I should end with? I'm like, he's asking me what I, he wants to end with. I can't believe it. That's awesome. And uh, currently he has an index, an index card, that, which was a song, uh, Walk Down That Lonesome Road, which is very uh, moving. And he played it at John Belushi's funeral. All by yourself. Don't turn your head back over your shoulder. To rest yourself when the silver moon is shining high above the trees.
I said, James, maybe you don't want to end with this song. And because he goes, no, no, I'm ending with that song. I'm, I'm ending with that song. I said, okay, all right. Because I'm thinking like a comic, you know, you don't want to end with something that's kind of soft and, uh, you know. Right. So, uh, so I didn't, I didn't give him any more advice on the song. <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. Yeah, uh, it was great. Take a moment. We're going to take a, a little break right uh -huh. here and. First of all, I want you to check out the hilarious talk show, which I was a part of at one time, called Hiking with Kevin, and it can be found on YouTube. Subscribe, subscribe to Kevin at, at Kevin Nealon Comedy. Follow Kevin on Instagram, Kevin Nealon. On Twitter, at Kevin Lower. What's that? What are those underscore, things called? Underscore. Underscore. Thank you. <laughs> underscore. Neilan at Kevin underscore Neilan. Sorry. See, see, Melissa, okay. you should have done this. And finally, see Ke Kevin. Dates for his stand up tour can be found at kevinneilan.com. Well, at least I got that right. Well, there's nothing like this hike today. I'm glad you're joining me. Put your helmet on, take your protein pills, and why don't we go take a hike? My hiking companion today, off my left shoulder, has been a longtime friend. We first met each other when he was a writer on SNL. Then he went on to write for The Simpsons. And then he hosted his own late night talk show, which was excellent. I've been on it many times. He's only been on my hike, I think, once before. That's okay. That's all right. And now he's hosting a podcast, his own podcast. In fact, he's got a podcast conglomerate. It's incredible. Um, what else can I tell you about him? He's got red hair. Okay, that gave it away. That's right. Today I'm hiking with the brilliant Conan O'Brien. You really didn't want to do this, did you? Well, I'm going to say this. When someone says, hey, meet me really early in the morning uh, for a hike on one of those trails where they always find a body, it's not, the, it's not like you're a yeah. That's right, and today we're hiking with the very entertaining, the very unpredictable, Aubrey Plaza. You were gonna bring your dog with you today, but you decided not to. That's right. At the last minute. That's right. Was there an argument this morning with your dog? No, she just had to go to work early and I didn't wanna get into it with her. Your dog had to go to work? <coughs> yeah. You all right? Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> You showed up with two drinks in your hand. I know. One was it looked like a smoothie. And the other is a, uh, is that grande or vente? No, this is just a regular organic black coffee. Wow, do they sell those still? Old style. Oh yeah. How do you take your coffee? Uh, it depends on. Adama. Um, yeah. Straight up my. <laughs> okay, that's how it's gonna be. All right. Good to know. God, it's so green here. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Your dog would have loved this. What's your dog's name? Frankie. I love it when people give their dogs a person name. Her name is Frances. She's named after Judy Garland.
Welcome back to Outcomes and Sun Radio podcast with Marielle Hemingway and my partner, Mosley Yamaguchi, and our amazing guest, Kevin Nealon. Oh, yeah, you're start, you're, you have such a wealth of experience, so many great stories and people that you've, I don't know, you, it's nice. You know, when I think of hiking with Kevin, it really is, there's something profound about that because you're, you're, you're being physical with somebody and there's something about being out in nature and moving your body that changes the dynamic of a, of a conversation. And I think that that's why that sh- your you know your podcast is so it's 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 so I don't know you, you want to say successful it's just it's it it really gets you because there's yeah. something about moving in nature that does something to you. Yeah, I think it's a lot of different or several reasons. One is that the other reason is my guests feel less intimidated because we're outside. There's no audience. It's just me. Sometimes people say, show up and they go, where's your crew? I say, well, it's just me. <laughs> and uh, I have a selfie stick with a GoPro at the end. Originally, it was a, a cell phone camera, but that, that was too shaky. And uh, maybe I was a shaky one. I don't know. But I blame it on the camera. So, so, yeah. So, people are outside. And I noticed, too, from my own hiking is when you're outside, you're, you're really a lot more open about things. You're, you're much more revealing. And I don't know if it's the endorphins or the adrenaline that's going through you, but um, there's so many reasons why that I think it works as a web series. Yeah, no, it's amazing. And I think there's something that happens because you're because you're not sitting here thinking about what you're going to say. You're like because the body's moving. So there's no time to be like, oh, I'm whatever. I don't know. You're going to trip, you know, so there's other things going on. I think it does make you very real and kind of really more honest and and you're right there's no audience and it and after a while you forget that that's what you're doing you know that's yeah. what's cool yeah 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 it's cool. and then you also incorporate the the scenery you know the views from yeah. the top or you know that foundation with all the graffiti on it yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> i know do you encounter a lot of other people on your walks that kind of walk in and out of your oh yeah yeah if, especially if i'm hiking in griffith park uh, oh yeah, I, I see. Like I, I hiked with Jack Black there once, and oh, I'm wow. telling you, we had to stop like every ten yards to take a selfie with somebody. He did, not me. <laughs> and and so I tend to go on weekdays now, where it's not so crowded. But I'll run right. into a lot of friends that that are out hiking, and um, and even people that aren't friends that that I see on the trail, and they're they're friendly and sometimes we stop and talk one guy we i ran into uh in will rogers state park he was walking and he couldn't believe that he ran into us he goes i love hiking with cam i see it all the time i'm <laughs> he said where are you from he says canada i said wow you've been hiking a long time <laughs> anyway he was a super fan of the show so i'm glad he kind of oh that's awesome yeah that's good that yeah that feels yeah. good that does. That does. So I enjoy yeah. it too because I get a little exercise. Even though each year, uh, Meryl, I tell you that the first year I started, the hikes were like that, and then the next year, <laughs> and then the next year, I've done four seasons. Soon they'll be going downhill <laughs> with a car waiting at the bottom. You're, you're going from Black Diamond to Bunny Hill. <laughs> yeah, so good. Well, yeah. it's no joke. You're handling the camera and then the, you know, the, and the drones. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a lot. 
You do a lot and you get great shots. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's really cool. Yeah. I'm still, it's very I'm cool. Still, I'm still figuring it out though, because when I have a, a shorter guest, I mean real short, a lot of times I just get the top right. of the head. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, oh, I gotta figure that out. I gotta get a longer uh, selfie stick. Because aren't you like six four, six three, six four? Yeah, I am. Yeah, when so I stand up straight. Yeah, so you're, you're taller than, than a lot than the majority of people. Yeah, sure. that's true. That is true. Married, Kevin. Pardon me. You've been married. I've been married uh, for about 17, 18 years. Suki, Suki, right? Well, it's Susan, yeah, but her her handle Susan. is Suki Suki Yegley. Yeah, Suki Yegley. She's very funny. I oh, love it. She's she's a comedian, correct? She's a comedic actress. Yeah, she was on Parks. She had a yeah. recurring, recurring role yeah. on Parks and Rec, and she was in the latest uh, Christopher Guest movie called Mascots. Nice. Oh, she, yeah, awesome. She's really yeah. She's, she's really wonderful. Funny. She's very funny. I love I I love following her on Instagram. She cracks oh, me yeah. up. She's got she a great just, Instagram. She does. <laughs> she's just prim and proper. She is she <laughs> southern. She's from is Nashville. She yeah, she's from Nashville. She seems like a Southern girl. Yeah. <laughs> and her website is great. I, a lot of people love her website. It's at Suki Yeagley, S-U-K-I-Y-E-A-G-L-E-Y. And it's just, it's just so refreshing to watch yeah. her, her, uh, you know, yeah. she has my favorite things and uh, she'll find out, you know, she'll, she'll present some things that she found that are really interesting and that she loves. And um, she'll do like three of them and people love it. Right. Were all the people in your book, uh, were all of them friends? No, no. And the ones that weren't, I just kind of mused about them. And if it was Freddie Mercury, who I did from Queen, I would just muse about going to concerts and, and what those were all about for me. Or if it was um, RBG, you know, I would talk about, yeah. I forget what I talked about on that one, but but most of them I did know in there. Most of them I, yeah. I, I do know. And, uh, and, you know, I'm thinking of a lot more that I want to do maybe in another book. But also, you, you know, you really can't be a perfectionist in anything you do. Because I look at that book now, and as hard as I, I worked on it, I look at some of the pictures and I go, ah, I could have done better on that one. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the artist in you. I think that's always like, God, I could have, you know. Coulda, woulda, shoulda, but yeah, it, yeah. It, we don't see it. You do. That's in your head. That's true. That's yeah, true. And your your talent is it supersedes uh, so many people. Kind of like your height. My husband and I played Pictionary <laughs> one year. Um, we were playing. We, my husband and I were on a team playing Pictionary one year. If I can share this to make you feel better about your drawing, not that you need it. Um, and and I drew the card and I began drawing furiously because it's a time game in addition to an artistic. Yeah game and i'm drawing furiously and my husband screamed out broccoli and i said i'm over it i'm not playing anymore it was supposed to be foot i was over it <laughs> we're not that many toes on it i don't know what he was doing or thinking but so you're That's a fun I, game. Look, I look at your work um and i i'm i'm i mean i'm so amazed by how you capture a feature on somebody and exaggerate it to the point where it's it, it's you know you sometimes you get these drawings done at that when you're a kid you go to places and they'll draw your face and they'll exaggerate the nose yeah. or the chin or something and it's almost in, it's a, you giggle but it's almost insulting you have mm -hmm. exaggerations that are flattering and they're and everyone can recognize them right away it's amazing 
Thank you. Well, I did one of Matt LeBlanc, and I sent it to him, and he texted me back. He goes, I love it. I think. (laughs) 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 But, you know, the problem with drawing caricatures is that everywhere I go now, it's like being in a funhouse with the mirrors, because I'm looking at features, thinking how I would exaggerate them. Right. The next you know what's interesting? Yeah. yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm going to wear a burqa the next time we're on with him. I'm <laughs> <gonna help>. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's interesting about the caricatures is that I always find that what you exaggerate kind of exaggerate it, 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 it pinpoints who they are like that exaggeration. It's like, you know, exactly who they are. Right. It's, you know, yeah. 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 If you do it right. Yes. <laughs> well, you've done it right. I promise you. I promise Thank you. you. Yeah, thank you. I, cool. I love doing it. It's like it's like a whole newfound career for me now. It used to be a hobby, but now I'm, I had a gallery showing here where people were buying the paintings and we're selling a lot. And and I had wow, come and yeah, it was really really fun for me. And so I love doing it. And um, just I, I hope to get better and better at it. Oh, you grandma will. Moses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what year were you born, Kevin? I was born in 1953. 53. So, okay. 69. 69. I'm 61. We're in oh, the same. You're a kid. I know, right? How did it feel turning 60 for you? Uh, I have to say, 50 didn't feel like anything. 60 was a little bit more like, holy sh. It's 60, not because I felt it so much, but it just, I felt like, oh, I'm 60. Wait, I thought it, I don't know. I just, I don't know what I thought it would be like, but you know, I think the most profound thing that's happened, you know, now being 61 is my daughter just had a baby. So I've become a grandmother. that was not in a bad way. It was like the cool, uh, that was a transition that really like marked that oh, marked man. six, that marked 60 for me in a way that I thought, okay, well, this is cool. I re- yeah. like, wow. Yeah. It's a very, um, very special. And I imagine it's going to unfold to be even more special as, you know, right now she's three weeks old. So I don't get a lot of time because my daughter misses her after a minute of me holding her. So, so, but, but the, uh, yeah, that that was kind of made me really not feel 60 in a bad way, but feel, I thought I, I I thought I'd earn something. I don't know. It was pretty, pretty powerful. Oh, it's gotta be amazing. Yeah. 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 It really, it really is like just to see, I mean, it'll make me cry thinking about it just to see your your baby become the mother of a baby it's just I know. Bizarre. oh my gosh i can't imagine that that's yeah so it's awesome. super cool yeah, yeah. i mean it, yeah. and then seeing her be a mom and seeing her have the the same kind of reaction to her baby the way you did and i mean i i, I keep texting her like i'm so proud of you because i i just it's just natural, right? But becoming sure. a mother was very natural for her. And it's not always natural for people. Some people suffer from, you know, like depression or whatever, but she's, she's taking it on and in, 
a very graceful manner. And I'm so proud of her. It's like, wow. It's when you're, you know, your kids come full circle and you realize, you realize that those couple of teenage years that you thought, I don't know if you're from yeah. the same planet. Yeah. But it all doesn't matter. Because the now they know is, who you are. <laughs> the great thing is that she's learned from you. And like, like when I'm raising my son, I think about my mother and father, how they yeah. raised us. And it's really, um, it's a good reference <laughs> book right there. Absolutely. That reminds me, you know, you, you, you've mentioned your parents a couple of times. You have a beautiful story about your parents, um, about your dad when you first came out to, uh, right. when you first came out to LA kind of, and you were just struggling and doing and like, didn't know if this was going to work yeah, and what he yeah. said to you. I would yeah. love for you to share that because okay. it, it just is so, I love the story. Well, like I said, I came from a family full of love and we were, had so many happy moments. You know, we, I, we traveled through Europe. We used to live in Germany when I was a kid, when I was six until I was 10. And so I learned how to swim in Greece. I learned how to ski in the Alps. Uh, I learned how to argue in Italy. <laughs> but, uh, but so we were pretty tight family. And, and can I, I can I oh God, I'm going to interrupt you because they're making me take a break. Yeah, yeah. Let's take Please a break. Hold that. Hold that thought. OK, I'm holding it. So, OK, I'm going to do the, my final commercial. <laughs> so you may know Kevin Nealon as a celebrated comedian and Saturday Night Live alum, but he also happens to be a talented caricature artist. And he has a book called I Exaggerate uh, My Life. Uh, my What is it? My Brush With... My Brushes With Fame. My Brushes With Fame. I Exaggerate yeah. My Brushes With Fame. I don't know why I can't keep that in my head. That's okay. It's a anyway, long title. <laughs> <laughs> I like it though. Uh, he's a comedian. He's an actor. He's been in some great series that I've loved over the years. I I love your characters. And alongside his portraits and doodles from script margins and cocktail novels, Neilan takes readers through his memories of everything from the set of Saturday Night Live and Chris Farley and Dana Carvey to his idolization of uh, James Taylor, Tiffany Haddish's vegetable garden the <laughs> eulogy he gave his dear friend gary shambling uh at his funeral which was absolutely beautiful and much more this is a charming and gorgeously illustrated project from an all-star comedy com comedian that is sure to delight so pick up your copy go to kevinneelan.com slash book hey there welcome to my little hiking show i'm kevin and today i'm here in the heart of the hollywood hills in runyon canyon and uh, some epic views here of downtown Los Angeles, yeah. also the Hollywood sign, Capitol Records, all the way down to the Pacific Ocean on a clear day. This trail actually is very popular with people that have dogs because there's a no leash policy. You don't have to have your dog on a leash. Also, it's very popular with celebrities. A lot of celebrity sightings here, but the celebrities must be on a leash, required. Anyway, let's go for a hike, no leash. You're gonna love my guest today. She is one of my favorites, and I'm not just saying that. I know I said that before about people, but this one, I really mean it. I mean, we have been friends a long time. I'm so happy for her success. She's written books, she's done movies, She's has TV shows on. She's got a TV show on right now. What's it called again? I love you, America. Oh, I love Sarah you, Silliman. Kevin. Sarah Silverman, ladies and gentlemen. 
Oh, let's go for a hike. Okay. Do you wear a Fitbit? No. No. What do you wear? It's like a vanilla perfume. Is that what that is? Does it count steps? Yeah. <laughs> Now, you are on constant tour, seemingly, with Steve Martin right now. Uh-huh. Um, you guys are the perfect combo. That's the perfect two amigos right there. <laughs> I think so. And what, isn't that a thrill to work with him? I mean, it I, is, for me it would be. Well, you know what it's like. It's, it, you get to some of the things you take for granted. Yeah. But beyond the looseness and all that stuff that goes with it is you're working with someone with absolute perfect timing. He is a perfectionist, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Well, he's intrigued by it all. He's not obsessed. He's just intrigued. So when we walk off stage, no matter how well it's gone, uh, the first thing he's saying is, you know, I think that one line, if, if, if you say that faster, then I can change what I'm saying. You know, yeah. that's exactly, and we go right over to the prompter and, and start rewriting, and we've been off the stage, you know, we're still sweating. Yeah, yeah. Do you think, I've seen the show. Uh, I love who you, it. Who do you like? I mean, there's well, two people up there, right? Yeah, there's two people. Welcome back well, to Outcomes. Whoop. Sorry. <laughs> that reminds me of that reminds me of I was in a working at a club in New York stand up and when uh oh maybe we'll save this for the show okay good right. <laughs> welcome back to Outcomes and Sun radio podcast with Melissa Yamaguchi and myself Marielle Hemingway and our wonderful guest Kevin Nealon continue with your story uh about about your parents so we're a tight-knit family, and I decide to go out to California to pursue my stand-up career. And it was very difficult to leave home because I had a younger brother who was maybe around seven at the time. Or, yeah, around seven. It was a 16-year difference than, than me. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it kind of felt like my son a little bit because I would take care of him a lot. And, um, you know, and so it was hard to leave him and of course the rest of my family. So I get out here to LA and I'm doing stand-up and I gave myself, I think two months to see if I saw any progress. And so I was out here for two months and it was going well. And, but I was getting homesick and I found an apartment to rent and it was a great deal. It was $135 a month. It was the top <laughs> of a house. Oh my God. Yeah. And I had just enough money for the first and last month rent. Or I had enough money for gas to drive home back to Connecticut. <laughs> so I just didn't know what to do. So I called my father on a payphone and I said, Dad, I, I'm really, I'm really confused what I should do right now. I, I don't know if I should get this apartment and stay out here or if I should, you know, come home. And I was hoping he would say, come home, but because he's the person he is, he said, Kev, 
stay out there and give it another keep giving it a try you're a big boy now you stay out there and, and do it and i knew that he wanted me to come home you know he really did but because he's such a great father he gave me that guidance and i stayed and look at you now amazing and now here i am <laughs> on your podcast which i've been wanting to be on all my life <laughs> but I, I was going to say I was in a club. You know, I, I got I got a lot of great experiences from clubs. I was in one in New York City, and this is like maybe a year ago. And it was downstairs. I think it was the uh, Comedy Cellar. I'm doing my act, and in the middle of my act, there's a lot of commotion. And what happened was some woman fell off her chair. She had a, a seizure or something, or she she drank too much, whatever it was. But People didn't, they thought maybe she had a heart attack. And I was in the middle of doing this bit about this rawhide necklace that I had. And so I stopped and, the, you know, the EMTs came in for about 10 minutes. They're getting her up. Finally, she got up. And everybody's just waiting around. The lights are on and they took her out and then they turned the lights back off again and started the show. And I just picked right up where I left off. Because, so, yeah. So the necklace was kind of this rawhide thing. <laughs> necklace that's all it was you know <laughs> oh my god yeah i mean i couldn't, it, it, I couldn't wait i couldn't wait for them to get her out of there so i could do that true <laughs> <laughs> oh my god well kevin this has been amazing we are so grateful that you came you came to this show that you've been wanting to do your entire life since we've only been doing it for well, maybe we've been doing it for our entire lives. We just don't realize it. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much, Kevin. You are amazing. Uh, please, just everybody, I want you to tune in. I want you to buy his book. Go to kevinnealand.com slash book and get his book because it really is extraordinary. And, you know, follow him on Instagram at Kevin Nealon or is it uh, at Kevin uh, What is that? Yeah, that's it. Thing? At Kevin Nealon for yeah. Instagram and Twitter is at <laughs> underscore Kevin. Okay. Oh, Twitter, whatever. Okay, got it. Well, I anyway, love being here. Thanks for having me. This was fantastic. Oh, it's so uh, it's so great. You're an amazing human being, and I love that you're so are my you. friend. Well, so you're are my you. friend. Not, so not so much Melissa, but you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, we'll we'll have a therapy session about that later. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to be drawing furiously tonight. <laughs> exactly. We're, we're revamping our careers. Thank you so much, Kevin. And okay, thank yeah. you so much for everybody listening. Uh, join us on Outcomes is on podcast next week. And please check out Outcome, uh, uh, no, Mariel Hemingway Foundation.org in case you want to become, uh, help us uh, start be. Um, uh, uh, resource navigator resource navigator gosh my brain just turned off <laughs> whatever a resource navigator so because that's what we want to do be able to give people options for mental health solutions and thank you so much for joining us we'll see you next week don't forget to subscribe to my channel and turn on notifications and we'll catch you next time i wonder if i can find my car anywhere okay i'm coming oh. excuse me 
Out Comes the Sun has been a production of Evolve Entertainment. Hosts, Mariel Hemingway and Melissa Yamaguchi. Executive producer, Jeremiah Higgins. Sound engineer and producer, Richard Dr. D. Dugan. And sound engineer, Slater Smith. Thank you for listening. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.